continuing our series entitled Given. A story we are all familiar with is that back several thousand years ago, God sent his only son. If that wasn't enough, that son submitted himself to the cross. And fortunately, that wasn't enough because that wouldn't have got us much. But he rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a story we know so well that sometimes it loses its meaning. But because of that amazing gift, we now have this series called Given. We are called, because of that gift, to a life of generosity. And that's what we'll be talking about right up till Easter time. Luke 12, 48 says this, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. See, God gave his son who died for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit to live within us. And in my estimation, that is certainly a great gift that would motivate us to also be a giving people. So far, you've heard about different topics, courage, community. And today, we're going to be talking about another C word, and that word is caring. Hence, our message title for today, I Could Care Less, But Why Would I? Peter, well, 1 Peter 5.7 says this, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. It's pretty cool, huh? Why it's pretty cool is because it's the exact same word that means two things totally different. If you ever talk to someone that knew another language and was trying to learn English, we are a very hard language to learn because we have all kinds of weird ways like night and night, you know, all these things that, that are very tricky. We know them very much, but many do not. So care can be a noun, right? And what that means is a disquieted state of mixed uncertainty, apprehension, and anxiety. Or care can be a verb to be concerned about, to have a liking or a fondness for. Now speaking of caring, I'm going to let you in on a very personal thing that no one outside of Barb and I would know. Occasionally, we do this thing of kidding each other by telling each other somebody famous that we find attractive or appealing or, you know, personality-wise. So Barb has some that she's shared with me. I have some that I've shared with her. So what are some Barb has shared with me? Who knows Dwayne Johnson, The Rock? Okay. Just a couple days ago, Barb told me that's one of her favorites. Who knows David Beckham, the tattooed soccer player? All right, yeah, yeah. And almost every male leading actor that has been James Bond. So, these are obvious choices. What are you laughing at? I was actually making muscles. I know you can't see my coat bulge, but, uh, but obviously I look at her and say, why did you marry me? All right, but I have my own, okay? I have some that I like. So I'm going to tell you an unbelievable story. It is unbelievable, and this is my Jennifer Garner story, okay? So, you remember Alias, Jennifer Garner? Wow, I like Jennifer Garner. Um, anyway, this will, this will get some emails. So remember, <laughs> Greg at ShilohCommunity.Church. Okay, so in the past, actually still in the present, I have found her to be 
I see her, and I don't want to know about her personal life, really. I have this fictitious thing. I see her as sweet and childlike and, and just, and, and, you know, fairly attractive. Um, so, imagine, imagine my surprise with this email. Ed, you may have heard of me. My name is Jennifer Garner. I've been listening, listening and watching your messages online. I find your sermons thoughtful, and they have really Help me in my walk. I just wanted you to know this and to know that I so care and appreciate you. Now, some of you sitting there would say, as if. <laughs> Jennifer Gardner could care a lick about you. And you would be right. <laughs> but in my dreams, I got that email. All right. You might say, what's the point to this story? I actually have a point. Okay, let's go back to that scripture. What, casting all your care upon him, because what? He cares for you. Who cares whether Jennifer Garner cares for me? All right, I have the God of all the universe. But so many times we struggle on this earth. We have people that we want to care for us, and we look and we don't realize that this God that created the galaxies, that made your body so complex, they can't even figure out how it really works. See, that's way better than Jennifer Garner. Now, I'll be honest with you. If Jennifer Garner cared for me, I'd be pretty psyched. I mean, I'm just saying, okay? But more importantly, how wonderful is it that I know this God cares for me, okay? So, in case anyone here is led to maybe send this message to Jennifer Garner, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Okay, no, no video, just audio. All right, thank you very much. So do we know that our Heavenly Father cares about us? We do. Psalm 36, 5-9 in the New Living says this, Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. Wow, that's a lot, huh? You care for people and animals alike. That's for all you animal lovers. Oh, Lord, how precious is your unfailing love, O oh God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Come on. That's pretty awesome, huh? But let's take a right turn. Let's go in a, in a different direction. We'll come back and kind of link into that. Let's go back in time. Steve went there last week. We're going to go back to the early church. And now the Christians are getting established. Their numbers are growing. They're getting larger and larger. And something happens, though, that now is a real practical issue they have to deal with. It's found in Acts 6, 1-4. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, 
give them the responsibility, then the apostles can spend our time in prayer and preaching of the word, okay? So this made everyone happy, the word says. They chose a who's who of spirit-filled men to make sure the widows of the Greek, these Greek widows, would be taken care of, properly cared for. The apostles felt caring for these widows was so important that they said, make sure you pick out men filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't in any way, by the way, think this was a menial task for the apostles. It was not. James, one of the apostles dealing with this very issue, wrote this at a later time. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I believe that one of the things we've missed is that the church was always meant to care for widows and orphans. We see a major issue in this, this country especially where we've turned that over to those that don't believe. And it creates all kinds of crisis in our world. Probably the root cause of some of the drug and alcohol issues that we see in so many of our young people. See, the working out of this issue was very critical to them. It was an important task of the apostles. It was, just not a real, it was just not their real gifting. It wasn't the best use of their gifts. And when the right people do the right things, this is the result. Oh, oh, both of them are used. I'm not drinking those. All right. So, oh, thank you very much. I seldom ever have to drink, but I'm dry. Mm-mm. You're not getting it back. So the word spread, the, the gospel says, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests, a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So why did the word spread like this? A couple of reasons. The complaining had stopped. The Greek-speaking Jews were now, their widows were being taken care of. They were being cared for because the right people had taken on that task. And because another reason why this spread the gospel, the apostles were now, with their gift of teaching and preaching, they were able to now do that. But here was the secret. They also attracted a large number of the Jewish priests. And it says they believed also. This is the first time we see any priest accepting Christ as their Savior. You see, it might seem somewhat surprising that the caring for widows, making sure they were properly fed, would require men filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, but here's an important point for us to realize as we take this idea of caring, this generosity of caring, We all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit for any task, by the way, that God sends us to, but also for this idea of caring. You see, when we try to care out of what is our human emptiness, not out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit, things don't go the way God has them to go. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to serve others and to do it in a way that God would have us do it and to make the impact God would have us make. 
See, they believed the Acts, those Christians then, that receiving the Holy Spirit was not something to take for granted. In fact, if we go on, we hear about how Jesus said, not only is the Holy Spirit for us, for this refreshing of us, but it is an outpouring to others. John 7, 37, 38, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow out of them, okay? And flow within them. So how do you ask for and receive the Holy Spirit? It's simple. You just do that. You ask. You know, Luke eleven thirteen 13 says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Very important. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you get some of my theology here, is not a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. It's not something we ask for once and it's over. That's not the way it is. And it's so easy to forget this third person of the Trinity. Sometimes we're all into God the Father and God the Son, but this is the person of the Godhead that lives on this earth within us, okay? So important. The Holy Spirit shows up in so many different ways, in so many different people. So let me tell you a story that happened yesterday. I got a call, and I was told this. Your daughter's been in an automobile accident. Okay, they started to say something else. I said, just tell me how she is. <laughs> I didn't want to hear anything else. And they said, we believe she's okay. So she was in a head-on crash, other car doing 40. She was doing 40. Imagine what that's like. And she crawled out of that car with bruises. It, her car got hit. It spun around. It went through a fence and came to rest against a big boulder very gently and with three other concrete posts right around it. If she had swerved to the right, which she wanted to do, but she said she was frozen as this happened, had she swerved to the right, she'd be dead because she would have put her car door, which is what you would think, right? If you've got a car coming at you, you're going to go to the right. Had she done that, she'd be dead. She got hit on the, maybe a third of the front of her car, and because of that, she spun around. That, the impact wasn't taken all fully by the car, although the car <laughs> looks like it was. And uh, here's what happened. Out of the blue... This young lady shows up, doesn't know who she is. She's a student at one of the colleges. She's on her way to class, but she stays with my daughter. She comforts my daughter. She rubs her back. She tells her she's going to be all right. Other woman is screaming. She has some serious injuries. And my daughter says, you know, Dad, I know God was there. I know that he saved my life. And for her at this time in her life, very important. Very, very important. Oh, you know, you're children sometimes. Woo! Things happen, you know? Things happen. See, the perfect purpose of your gifts and my gifts, no matter what they may be, are always to have this ability to care for other people. For God so loved the world, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, all these, this is about the gifts. If you want to see about the gifts, go to Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12. tells you about them there. It says, all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one 
just as he determines. See, you and I sometimes may struggle to identify our own gifts. And sometimes we wish we were gifted in ways that we're not. But we've each been given these gifts specifically, the Word says. See, one of the, thing, one of the things, as a pastor, I can tell you what causes a lot of division in the church. It's when people try to operate in a gift they don't have. And when you try to tell them it's a gift they don't have, that's not good. They don't like that. See, I could come up here, not that I would touch these because Blake would not like it, but I could pick up one of these guitars, put the strap, they could turn it on, and I could play one thing, Secret Agent Man. I can only play the beginning, and I can't play that very well, okay? And the fact of the matter is, if I played the guitar, there would be no caring at all, no caring at all, okay? It would be downright painful. But put that same guitar in Blake's hands if you were here for our Christmas Eve service. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's just outstanding. It's a gift he has. And every Sunday morning with that worship team, he brings caring to those that sit out here and something in a worship song just touches them. And they respond to it in the spirit. The right gift being exercised in someone that has that gift is phenomenal. You see, if something comes easily to you, you do it very well, you don't think twice about it. You don't. You think that, you know, almost you think everybody can do that. It's not special, but it is special. And many times the things that you do really well, God will use. So for me, I talk a lot. So God decided to take that out of cursing and bad jokes and, and criticism before I was saved. That is, okay, just so you know. Um, but he's had to change that and use it for his glory. I was so afraid to speak in front of groups. I've said this before. I had to sit down at a table in order to be able to speak because I was so nervous. And God, but God had, I could talk, speak, and I could explain things, but I just, it was not something that I, that I found easy to do at first. And God just brought me along in that. You know, if you want to find out what your giftings are, ask somebody that knows you and likes you. Ask them what's unique about you. And if you do this, first of all, you'll feel really good about yourself, but it'll help you know where you have a place to contribute in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 and 20 says this, But in fact, God has placed the parts of the bo- in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You see, for meaningful church growth, meaningful church growth, it's critical to have the right people in the right places. For the church, in order to become a truly caring, capable, caring, capable church, you have to know where your giftings are and operate in those. And it's not just in the church for church growth. It's in your personal life outside of here. And what you're able to do. You know, this is precisely why Pastor Greg is so excited about Growth Track. Because it helps us to help you know where you fit. Not only in the body of Christ, but, but actually very, very, very importantly in this church as God continues to move forward in what he has for us. 
See, growth track will help us make sure that we have the giftings that God gives people operating in a way that will really be meaningful for his kingdom. See, there are two dangers in this whole thing of caring and this whole thing of gifting. Gifting and caring go right together. If you want to care for people, it is so much better to operate out of your giftings. But there's two things that hold us back from what God has for us. One is you not recognizing the gifts you have. And I'll tell you how God takes you out of those giftings. He has something happen in your life that your focus goes to. You have something happen in your life that makes you feel less of a, of a person and you tend to condemn yourself and bring yourself down. It's hard to operate in your giftings when you're condemned. Romans tells us what? There's therefore now no condemnation. You know, there are people sitting in this church right now, you've sidelined yourself. You've walked away from the giftings God would have you in the church, and you, you've been hurt, you've been rejected, you've done something that you feel uh, eliminates you from being able to do that. Boy, private sin will do that to us every time we wonder why people drop out and disappear. Many times it's private sin. Many times we use our giftings in the world. We don't bring it into the church. Not realizing that God didn't give you that gift to be able to just do what you need to do outside of here. So that's one. Not recognizing the importance of our gifts. Not knowing what they are, obviously. Tie that together. But also, not allowing other people with gifts to flourish. You know, at a point in time, Pastor Don Littlefield came to me and said, I've done everything I can do for this church. I can't take it any further. I believe God wants you to do that. And my immediate reaction, well, actually it wasn't. In the past, it's always been, yeah, right. But at that point, I felt led, I needed to pray, talk to my family. And you know, there came a point in my life when I knew that I needed, I had done what I could do for the church. I needed to step aside and went through a couple little things, but it was obviously Greg Vaccaro that was meant, and, and I watch Greg work, and I'm just, I'm just excited. I mean, we are flourishing in so many different ways. So prayer on your part and input from others will really help you to figure out how you can care most for other people. Again, we live in a world where sometimes we care more about ourselves. We protect ourselves. We, we do all kinds of things for ourselves. And we miss that caring for others. You see, you and I have this responsibility. And the responsibility is to encourage others to operate in their gifts while we are operating in our gifts. Sometimes, by the way, it's harder to encourage others. Because sometimes we have a competitive spirit in that regard. You know, as Shiloh grows and as it builds... I believe one of the things that God is building is a strong infrastructure so we can go forward and do some things, you know, so that when numbers increase, when ministry opportunities come up, that we'll know the people that are best served in those areas to serve, to care. You know, I hope you'll be praying with us because our focus is to empower you to be all that God has called you to be. We don't want to be a church where the leaders of the church, quote-unquote, are carrying the weight of the church. It's meant to be shared by all of us. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for the fact that you cared for us. In fact, you said we should have no care. You said roll all that anxiety and, 
and all those, those things that cause you stress. Roll them on me. For I care for you. Father, depending on where you grow up and what religion you grow up in, some of us have been taught to see you as a God of judgment, as a God where we have to do all these things in order for you to love us. And we think we disappoint you. We think we, we have hurt you. We think sometimes you, you turn away from us because of what we do. And, and it's just the opposite. When we're struggling, you draw close to us because you care for us. When someone we truly care for is going through a struggle, we don't pull away. We don't run away. That's not a friend. That's not someone who's caring. You do the same for us, Father. Lord, I pray for Shiloh. I pray that everyone in this room will never be, will not continue to be, if they are, a spectator. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Everyone plays. So, Father, help us to know our part. Help us to genuinely care for others. Let us be inconvenienced to care for others. Father, we just pray. We pray a, a breakout of your Holy Spirit to empower us to do all that you've called us to do. We thank you for that in Jesus, your holy, precious name. Amen. We would encourage you to come for prayer if you need prayer. If you don't know what your gifts are, we would love to pray with you that God would show you that. So thank you. Have a wonderful Sunday.